0: Once Elizabeth had finished her tea, she placed the cup and saucer on the coffee table and broke the silence when she ventured. Cat told me you needed to see me, Grace Rose. She gave her aunt a questioning look. Yes, I do. Grace Rose focused her faded blue eyes on Elizabeth. You've led an extreme life, and I suppose it will continue to be extreme, given the circumstances. A puzzled expression struck Elizabeth's face, and she responded, I'm not sure I know what you mean by extreme. Exactly that. Everything about your life so far has been extreme, different to most people's, unusual, not standard. Mine was like that too. Leaning forward again, touching Elizabeth's hand lovingly, she continued. Your mother died when you were a very small child. You barely knew her. Your father behaved in the most abominable manner, Heartlessly shunting you around among us and cutting you off. Shunning you? I loved Harry from the day he was born. He was the son of my favorite sister, and yes, I spoiled him, it's true. But I grew to truly dislike him over the years, especially when he became a man. And not the least because of the way he treated you. His behavior was appalling, quite unconscionable, and I told him so. Of course, he didn't want to hear that. Grace Rose said briskly, I needed to see you to talk to you about something which troubles me. But before we get to that, can I ask you a few things? You can ask me anything you want. Is Dravenall's going under? Grace Rose's eyes were riveted on Elizabeth. No, it isn't, absolutely not. Cecil Williams and I have been on top of things for two weeks and were sorting out the problems. We are positive we can solve them all. Grace Rose nodded. Are you saying Dravenels is going to be safe? I am indeed. I promise you it will be safe, and that it will be even bigger and better. Grace Rose simply smiled. About the board meeting tomorrow, I don't think you should do anything rash. Surprised, Elizabeth pinned her eyes on her great aunt and answered, I'm not one for doing anything rash and you know that. I'm very cautious and so is Cecil. What are you getting at? The board is too big, unwieldy, I know that. But what does it matter? At this precise moment, I mean. I think you should leave the board the way it is. Don't get rid of anyone, don't ask anyone to resign. Just leave it the way it is. Why do you suggest this? What's the purpose? Don't make any enemies, Elizabeth. Not at this moment. Get on with the business of running the company. Making changes to the board can wait. Take your time about it. Make friends, not enemies. You have a point, Grace Rose. You are the largest single shareholder and managing director. You have assembled a good team. Just get on with it. Do the work. Get de Ravenels back on its feet. Then you'll be able to do anything you want with the board. Elizabeth had listened carefully, and Grace Rose's words were wise, made sense to her. She nodded, asked, Is that why you needed to see me? Not really. I must discuss something else with you, something which is urgent and which troubles me. Grace Rose pushed herself to her feet. Come along, I want to give you something. Elizabeth followed her out of the drawing room, her curiosity aroused. Elizabeth followed Grace Rose across the small entrance hall and into the red sitting room, one of her favorite spots in her aunt's flat. Sit over here by the fire, Grace Rose instructed. As she spoke, she went across to the Georgian desk in a corner, retrieved a bulging manila folder, joined Elizabeth. I need to speak to you about the painting. Grace Rose began, staring intently at her great niece. That's what this is all about. And you know the painting, I mean, I'm quite sure of that. Elizabeth nodded. Yes, of course I do. The painting your father bought in about 1918, because it reminded him of Bess and you. Correct, and I want a promise from you, a promise that you will not sell it, not unless you have to, in order to save De Ravenels That must be the only reason. I promise I won't sell it, Grace Rose. You have my word. It might be a temptation to auction it off, you know. It must be worth a small fortune today. Oh, it is. I know that for a fact. So you had it appraised, did you? Grace Rose asked swiftly, giving her a keen look. Not exactly, Elizabeth cleared her throat. I need to explain something to you, some decisions I made about the painting a year ago. I did this just after my half-sister told me I was no longer welcome at Dravenal's, that I couldn't work there anymore. Since I didn't know what she had in store for me, what she might do, I went to live at Raven's car. I was sort of hiding out, if you like. I remember. You spoke to me from there, wanted me to know where you were in case I needed you. But please continue about the painting. The week Mary told me to get out, I drove down to Waverley Court and had Toby take the painting down off the library wall. We wrapped it carefully in blankets and I brought it back to London. I told him I was having it cleaned and restored. This is what I did. It is now hanging in my dressing room in the Eaton Square flat, where it is absolutely safe. Looking suddenly confused, Grace Rose murmured. But Briny Meadows saw the painting only a few weeks ago. Toby had asked him to go over to Waverley Court to help him fix the security system. There had been some sort of problem with the electrical wiring. A wide smile spread across Elizabeth's face. Briney saw the copy I'd had made after the painting was cleaned and restored. During the period it was being copied by the artist I'd hired, I realized that Toby and Myrtle might notice the frame was new once the painting was back at Waverley Court, because the original frame was a bit chipped, the gilt worn off in places. I told the artist to put the copy in the old frame and the original in the new one, so they wouldn't notice the difference. Grace Rose chuckled. Very smart of you, my dear. But out of curiosity, why did you move it in the first place? I thought Mary might actually steal it. No one would deny her access to Waverley Court and certainly I didn't trust her. Whilst she loathed the painting, she nevertheless knew it was extremely valuable, and she could easily have taken it away. No one would have stopped her, so very simply. I didn't want to take any chances with it. She could have sold it, you know, and given the money to Philip Alvarez. Good thinking, Elizabeth. However, Grace Rose cut herself off, then said carefully. It was hers by right, I suppose. I'm well aware of that. She inherited it from my father through our half-brother Edward. But that particular day, I made a judgment call. I decided she didn't deserve to have it. Grace Rose suppressed her mirth, and after a moment she remarked, Elizabeth, I think I would have done exactly the same thing if I'd been in your position. Thanks for saying that. Leaning closer, Elizabeth confided, it's worth an enormous amount. A dealer who's an old friend of mine told me that any Renoir is priceless, and especially this one, Les Deux Sœurs, because of its marvelous quality, and also because Renoir painted it in 1889 when he was in great form. When I spoke to my friend Julian Everson last summer and showed him the Renoir, he was extremely impressed. He put a price on it. He said it was worth six million pounds at least. He even added this was a rather low estimate on his part. That sounds about right. I estimated eight million pounds. Now, this folder is for you. Inside, there's a great deal of documentation about the paintings which belonged to Jane Shaw, my father's great friend, his mistress, actually. Bess and I inherited her art collection after her death. It was valuable then, therefore, it's very valuable today. I know what's hanging on my walls. In here, she paused, patted the manila folder, and went on. In here are photographs of the paintings your grandmother inherited. When you have a moment, I want you to look for them in the various homes you inherited. Will you do that, Elizabeth? It's important you know where everything is.